Welcome back, Conscious viewers. This is the Conscious Experience with uh, your host, Therese, and uh, your co-host, Lap. You're... And, yeah, <laughs> and uh, we are currently doing a uh, three-part series. Uh, the first episode previous to this was uh, more tailored towards 5G, and today we're going to basically break down the uh, federal bank and how it works, and then also uh, transition into a little bit of uh, cryptocurrency. So um, this... Today should be quite interesting. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I, I guess to give you a little bit more of a uh, background view on the Federal Bank, prior to the year 1913, uh, local and state banks were in charge of the uh, money supply. And so uh, politicians, uh, consumers uh, began to realize that this was more of, of a uh, limited uh, way uh, for a central bank to operate. And so they passed a bill in 1913 that led to a, uh, a basically an independent federal banking uh, system, um, aka known as the uh, Federal Reserve. And it's, it, the country gave the power to the federal bank to control money supply, inflation, encourage employment, and uh, clear transaction. It came out as an idea to be more efficient than the uh, current uh, system, which was ran by the local and state banks. So as this came to play, uh, the uh, the federal bank, uh, you know, inevitably uh, gained control of these states and uh, the whole country's economy. And so just to give you more of a uh, breakdown of what this all is, so money is generated by the Federal Reserve. And then money is passed off with interest to the banks. So the banks essentially have, they get the money from the Federal Reserve and there's interest tailored to that. So while the banks are supplied this money, then they, uh, they supply it to businesses and businesses that goes to consumers and the price of interest is also increased uh, as well. Uh, from when the bank gets it and gives it to the business and consumers. And so going with I, I, a, a important point to point out is factual reserves and the uh, and the role of, of the bank in a more in-depth view. So, uh, Lap, give you a dissertation on this. <laughs> so I'm basically excited to talk about this. My whole view on this is more just to, you know, break down, you know, what is money and what is the monetary system and you know, kind of segue into some crypto with it. But so to break down the role of the bank. So basically, you know, banks are seen as intermediaries for funding, like how you mentioned before, etc. Um, banks are the creators of the money supply. You know, some can say out of thin air. So in the 5000 year history of banking, Banks are thought of as deposit-taking institutions that lend money. You know what I'm saying? The legal reality is that banks don't take deposits and banks don't lend money. It sounds crazy, but a deposit is not actually a deposit. It's not a bailment. It's not, a, uh, a, it's not held in custody. At law, the deposit is meaningless. The law courts and various judgments have made it very clear that if you give your money to a bank, even though it's called a deposit, this money is simply a loan to the bank. Mm -hmm. So there's no such thing as a deposit. Banks borrow money 
from the public. So banks don't lend money at law. They're in the business of purchasing securities. Mm. So a security can be seen as like an equity or a debt. So equity is the difference between the value of uh, assets and the value of the liabilities of something owned. So for example, uh, say you have like a 15K car, but you owe 5K on a loan for the car. So basically the car is really actually worth 10K. Yeah. So from that you say, well, um, so say you want a loan, the bank says, fine, here's the loan contract, here's the offer letter to you and you sign it at law, you know what I'm saying? It's very clear that you have just issued a security to them, like a paper note. Mm-hmm. So the bank is going to purchase that from you. They purchase your security, you know, the note that you just signed. So then from there, you're like, well, how do I get the money? The bank will say, you'll find it in your account with us. You know what I'm saying? It'd be incorrect if they said, we'll transfer it to you. Mm-hmm. Because no <laughs> money is transferred at all. Because what we know as a deposit is really the bank's record of its debt to the public. Mm-hmm. So the record of money it owes you is what you think you're getting as money. And that's how banks create the money supply, which consists of 97% bank deposits from the public. You know what I'm saying? So, which are created out of thin air when they lend because they invent, you know, fictitious customer deposits. They simply just restate what is an account's payable liability arising from the loan contract, having purchased your security as a deposit, yet no money has been deposited. Yeah. So now I, 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 that, (laughs) it does sound shady. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Uh, so then where does uh fractional reserve like come to play then is that's, that's when a bank, right? They, they save a, a fraction of the money that's given to them from the central bank. And then the rest of the money is just given out to circulate. Is, is that around the, like the general census of things? Yeah. So with fractional reserve banking, it's like nine times the amount of money can be loaned out than they physically have on hand. Okay. So it's like the Fed or the central bank uh, states that the bank only needs 10% in reserves. Mm. So say if you, um, you know, deposit $10,000 in the bank, like put you say you put in your checking account or savings account or whatever. Yeah. The bank can then lend out nine thousand dollars mm-hmm. and keep just one thousand of that money. Got you. So then with that nine K, say somebody walks in like, hey, I need a nine thousand dollar loan for a car. Yeah. They give them that nine thousand dollars. Um, that person then uh buys the car from the car dealer. Okay. The car dealer deposit that deposits that money at another bank mm-hmm. and then uh from there it just the cycle starts over so basically like um once that car dealer deposits the money at another bank which is accounted for on the same banking ledger so like it's mm-hmm. all on the same like banking system regardless if it's like you know like chase or fargo yeah yeah whatever. but like they count it as a new transaction okay so now the bank has seventeen thousand. to loan out. 
because you know what I'm saying like nine thousand plus nine thousand equals eighteen k. Then you factor in the ten uh, percent that they need to have in reserves, which is um mm-hmm. you know eighteen hundred, mm-hmm. which equals you know the remainder seventeen uh, seventeen thousand one hundred, and then the cycle continues. Yeah, got you. So and. I I was reading something. There they do fractal reserves. Um, so like if the Great Depression happens again, they can still have a, a at least a decent amount of money left for for consumers. I don't know. I was I was kind of reading that somewhere. It kind of made sense. <laughs> but um, I, I I believe I believe that's why they still do fractional reserve just to have um something stashed uh in case of a catastrophic event happens like the great depression uh, another point i wanted to get to was the main form of control and something that i found um interesting is the 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 central bank is in charge of the interest rates that that are given out to uh the economy because once they set a uh interest rate for a given transaction the banks like the chase the uh, well fargo's they are going to try to pin uh, an accurate number that's close to that a little bit higher so they can make a profit off it but something similar to that and that's given off to the rest of the uh rest of the economy system so if the federal reserve decides to increase the rate that's more money supply obviously that's inflation in our economy and the economy starts to boom but if they decide to um lower interest rates there's less money supply. Right. Okay. Um, so I guess from that, I can bring up like two points. So um, basically, like from that whole thing, I guess with going into interest rates and lending money. Yeah. You can almost think of a think of it as what um, the mafia would do. Mm-hmm. In a sense, so it's like, um, you know, I guess during the seventies, eighties, you know, the mafia was pretty big, and so people would go to the mafia for loans instead of the bank because at the time it would be easier, it was harder to get a loan from the bank. Yeah, but what the mafia would do is they loan you the money, but at a crazy high interest rate. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, basically, it was kind of like predatory lending. Yeah. So it's like. Uh, you know, you'd probably have to give up an arm and a leg just to try to make back what they gave you plus interest. And if you didn't, you know what I'm saying? They, you know, put it on you. You feel me? So it's like, yeah, it's kind of like that whole thing. So with like the central banks, they might loan to um, a country like Argentina. They might bail them out, mm-hmm. but at a crazy high interest rate. Yeah. So it's like, if you needed 50K, and you only had 20k in your bank account, you feel me? And then when it's time to pay it back with interest, you owe them 100k. Yeah. It's like how the hell are you going to come up with that? <laughs> so then they yeah. got to try to bail you out again mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, figure something else out and you kind of just stuck in that debt. Yeah, exactly. I, I before you go, I just want to correct myself. I I said something backwards. Increasing interest rates uh would provide less money. Uh, supply instead of more um i said i said it vice versa and then obviously decreasing interest rates will supply more money which will cause inflation my apologies on that <laughs> but you get what i'm saying 
<laughs> so so you heard um, the man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I definitely I definitely get um that part of what you're saying, Lap, and then so like the the swift the the swift currency system, like the whole totality of things. Which which I guess what's your perspective on that? Um, I feel like well, with the SWIFT, uh, SWIFT stands for uh, well, basically SWIFT is are uh, the currently the leader in cross border payments between countries. Okay. So what SWIFT stands for is Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. Mm. So it was started in 1973 in Belgium. It's overseen by the largest world banks. Um, so one of the banks obviously is the U.S. Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it's used as a weapon, basically a tool for the U.S. empire to close countries out of the money, out of the money supply. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess the recent example of that is uh, the Middle East with like Iran. Um, let's see what other countries, maybe even North Korea recently mm-hmm. when North Korea was acting up, blah, blah, blah. They're saying, all right, we're going to cut you out of the, <laughs> the SWIFT system. Yeah. I mean, and so um, basically from there, it's basically like a private financial messaging service that just like keeps track of like if, you know, if Europe wires this amount of money to China or vice versa, it takes note of that. Okay. Like most of the transactions all over the world. Um, Let's see. Um, So say if when anyone wants to buy or sell something internationally. Swift takes the payment info or the destination the money is going to and makes sure that the money uh, reaches the right place securely. Okay. So, um, oh, okay, bet. So another thing that is, you can tell that it's weaponized in the sense that, um, so say when the U.S. um, wanted to cut off Iran in 2012 and North Korea in 2017, um, Swift collaborated with the CIA and the U.S. Treasury to track payments for terrorism. Yeah. Right. So and they called this group the uh, terrorist finance tracking program. Mm -hmm. So it's not so it's basically like bias in a sense. Yeah. Who decides who's a terrorist or not? They just is that something that. They have a committee and they decide, like, all right, these groups of people are terrorists. Cut. I mean, basically, I mean, I feel like sometimes terrorism is like used as a buzzword. Yeah, wow, that's that's interesting. And so, for for me, I, I compare this current system of what we have right now to a uh, system that has a a lot of hot debate around it, which is you know the the crypto the crypto uh, system the crypto currency community it has a lot of um a lot of uh heat correlated with it right now uh bitcoin has definitely shot up and um it's 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 gaining momentum here and there and and all the altcoins are following it uh but but more beyond the smoke and mirrors and stuff we look at the system itself uh a decentralized uh network that that relies on peer-to-peer communication and liability instead of relying on that main uh middle middleman uh to to conduct business is that is that around the right ballpark part yeah no you're definitely on to it 
Okay. And so if you the I, I just feel like the, the security that, that crypto has is um is is based off of algorithms and 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 numbers and and things of that nature so the reliability of it is uh is is a is a pro of uh the whole idea of crypto and then also the transaction speed and where we're headed now as far as like a a digital world a digital atmosphere I, i think crypto inserts perfectly into the society that is evolving um at a fast rate type deal Definitely. Uh, from there, I mean, to really understand crypto, I basically just have to go, uh, basically just summarize our current monetary system, like in short. So going back to fractional reserve banking, um, earlier you mentioned it was uh, to make sure there was money on hand. But when you look at the origin and history of it, so they say the the origin of fractional reserve banking started in the 17th century with goldsmiths so overview of the story they were just finessing so people were trading in gold at the time but it was mm-hmm. heavy hard to divide etc because you feel me if somebody had like a big bar of gold walking down the street hit him over the head oh now i got your gold you feel me? yeah like, i need somewhere to put <laughs> and protect it so they would store them in the goldsmith's vault for a paper receipt of the transaction Mm. which is where paper money started in a sense so that's where the whole every dollar is backed by gold kind of thing started so only a few people would withdraw their gold at any given time you feel me like Nobody would go to the vault and be like, yeah, give me all my gold back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if, and if it was, it'd only be like one or two people compared to, you exactly, know, yeah. there, which is kind of like how the bank is. Nobody's going to take yeah. out all their money. All their money, yeah. <laughs> so then uh, from there, since there'd only be a few people that would withdraw their gold at any given time, they started creating more receipts, mm-hmm. right? So they started technically printing more money than there was yeah. gold. Got you. So they would lend out these fake notes and charge interest, mm-hmm. which is kind of just summed up what this current system has become. Exactly. So from there, once the gold wasn't like, now it's in the 17th century. So it's mm-hmm. like now going into like present day, when you look at the money, uh, current monetary system, in 1971, Richard Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard, mm-hmm. which is technically what the goldsmiths did back then. Yeah. So once you untether money to, you know, something like gold, it becomes a fiat currency. And some people might say, what is fiat? So fiat money is a currency without intrinsic value that has been established as money often by government regulation. Mm-hmm. So fiat money does not have use value, you know, paper, i.e. Um, it has value only because a government maintains its value or because parties engaging in exchange agree on its value, i.e. trust in it. Yeah. So some people could actually say that the dollar is backed by guns and bombs and war. War. Be, you know, a fair statement. You feel me? Because yeah. we definitely will bomb somebody. 
You feel me? Fuck your ass up. Yeah. And they say in that terrorist. Exactly. No, no, no. And and that's what fuels the economy too. I mean, you you you're manufacturing all this hardware and 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 getting these guns out is just not only is it profitable for our economy, but we're also profiting off of other countries' economy as well, um, based off selling the selling the uh the guns, selling the weapons and things of that nature. So it's uh you're you're right. It's definitely backed <laughs> by like <laughs> war. <laughs> And then from there, so paper money eventually returns to its actual value, which is zero. Okay. You feel me? Which is interest. Why? Or or uh, I guess you can say inflation. So it's like it doesn't cost anything. It costs the same amount of money to print a $100 bill as it does a $1 bill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if it was based off of actual value, a penny and a quarter would actually be worth more than a dollar. Because of the materials, right? That's yeah. being made with. Yeah. And so when you look at the history of fiat money, um, you know, the U.S. is a great example of, or it can be compared to Rome. We have a lot of similarities as far as being the world's army, you know what I'm saying, being the, the strongest country. We have nation states, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, but every prior fiat country in or fiat currency in history has failed. Mm. So with Rome, they had the Roman denarius. So at the start of it, it was 94% silver. Mm-hmm. And so the fall of the empire, by that time, it was 0.02% <laughs> silver. <laughs> and by that time, the empire, the empire of Rome fell. And mm-hmm. so what would happen is it would cause, once you print, more money than there you know is in circulation or once mm-hmm. you just keep printing something it loses its value so if i had like a limited edition limited edition you feel me Yu-Gi-Oh card yeah <laughs> <You feel me? laughs> and then all of a sudden everybody on the street got that same Yu-Gi-Oh card that bit ain't limited it, edition it, no more exactly. and it's not worth anything no more yeah so uh current examples of hyperinflation are What's happening in Argentina, um, the story of Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. and also Greece. And so with that, it just, with Rome, and even with the current, you know, state of the U.S. right now, when people just print money, it turns into greed, and they just want to, like, mm-hmm. buy things, consume things, right? And the net, and the debt, the national debt gets out of control. Mm-hmm. And also, once you untether you know, the dollar to gold or anything like that, money then just becomes debt. So then savers become losers. Mm-hmm. Because say you're trying to save $10,000. Yeah. The, by the time you actually save that $10,000, it technically isn't worth $10,000 anymore. Like money is only as valuable as it is right now. So if I had $1,000, it's the most that it's ever going to be right now compared to if mm-hmm. I waited five months or a year, two years to spend. So then now that money is technically debt, banks have to sell money to people. So um, they sell money to people via debt. So it's like, um, you know, everybody needs a house. Everybody needs a car. You know, basically all the little liabilities that are sold to the middle class, you know, uh, Everybody needs college education, these things like that. 
And um, when you look at, you know, um, the inflation of just like prices. So like once they once it's been established that like money is debt, everything kind of goes up. So like the prices ever since they like monetized, you know, the education system, things like that, the prices of tuition went up as well. Housing prices went up, things like that. And sheesh. Yeah, you, you might as well interact, bro. So I, can, <laughs> I probably just keep on rambling on that. Nah, no, no, no. I definitely get it. And so so with having a, a fiat currency like the dollar and it losing value over time, then you have to ask yourself where what what tool does the economy use now to uh, subside this effect? And and another brilliant a brilliant I guess thing that crypto does is there's a finite amount of uh, currency out there, so there'll never be an inflation um, of 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 of, of uh, I guess finances and things like that. It'll always be like a uh, once the value is set, it'll always be like a set value, and so like the volatility of the of the market of the crypto market is so crazy right now, and some of the investments that I have is is proportionally at it like a low number is it's funny it's like oh my gosh i'm stockpiling stockpiling and so you know hoping that it gets integrated and when it gets integrated it just shoots up to this set number and that's all she wrote <laughs> type deal <laughs> yeah but I mean, uh yeah yeah what were you saying i mean definitely like the selling point more or less to crypto is you know numbers don't lie people do yeah so <laughs> i mean, <laughs> So even with the whole trust, like I can trust, uh, you know, algorithms and mathematics to not, you know, get greedy and to keep account of everything. That's all the transactions that are going on. It's just a, it's a peer to peer uh, transaction. So it's 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 cutting that middleman off. And then also another selling point is. The the f- because it's up here and there's like no middleman middleman in- engaged in it the uh the the cost like the fees are going to be tremendously cut they're going to be tremendously cut um and it, and then that's that's where the use cases for certain cryptos come in for example XRP uh one of my is my favorite <laughs> I, <laughs> XRP XRP <laughs> XRP, which is specializes in um, uh, border payments, like uh, cross border payments, and its use cases is that it's going to be uh, much more faster than the traditional system, and then also much more cheaper. So, if you look at the traditional system, it would take if I if I had a relative that was out in Haiti, right? If I had a relative that was out in Haiti, and I had to send that relative money. Uh, I would send it out. Not only will it take three to five days to get there, but that country is going to take a good percentage away from what I'm giving out to my relative. With XRP, it will be momentarily for the trans- transaction speed, and then the and then the fees won't be wouldn't be nearly as expensive as the traditional fees that are going on right now. So. Just just with that example, you kind of see the efficiency of of the crypto market and, and what all it's given out, you know? 
definitely. I mean, with XRP going off of the breakdown of what the SWIFT, the current, you know, uh, cross-border payment system is, which is SWIFT, and it, basically its inefficiencies going with Ripple or uh, XRP, um, they will, you know, going off our last episode, it's, you know, the whole talk right now currently is using a globalization uh, you know, expanding borders, you know, being able to um, understand that, yes, it's a global economy and that, you know, we need to be able to send money across borders and make efficient payments and, um, and you know, short, short amount of time without big preposterous fees. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, just how the current system is just um, used as a weapon to kick people out. Yeah. And basically with crypto, it levels the playing field. Exactly. Like in the future with like 5G and crypto, there may not basically what the internet did with information, crypto can do that with it can help with third world countries, it can help places in Africa, mm-hmm. places in India, mm-hmm. you know, where places in India have, you know, damn near more phones than there are people mm-hmm. and there are less banks so it's like if those people can just have their bank on their phone and bank with each other you know at marketplaces things like that that's a whole step up mm-hmm. exactly and and to that point too it's one currency so with it being one currency the value will be same will be the same throughout so again there won't be any like huge uh, gaping differences in currency. For example, the U.S. dollar compared to the uh, Haiti currency. Right. Uh, that there, there's a huge gap in uh, devaluation on on the um, or or yeah, devaluation as far as on the uh, Haiti currency. So it's it's just one of those things that again, it just equals the playing field and man. You got to invest. That's all I got. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. If if that's not going to make you at least if that's not going to make you at least look at it objectively and and do your own research, then, man, I don't I don't know what to tell you, because it yeah. makes sense. The more the, you, the more you see the use cases, the the the, the support that XRP is currently getting from uh, various banks throughout the world and how how efficient the system is and. And and not just XRP, but other um, other altcoins out there that have that has like a great blockchain and a great technology uh, structure that's backing it. So, nah, for sure. I mean, not even to you know, you don't even take our word for it. It's more just like don't ever like buy something off a of hype just because a lot of people are you know talking about it. Really, just do due diligence. Look it up. Um, look up just the use of it what is it going to be used for what is the point of it you know don't buy things off of speculation and you know just to go off of that i mean the whole point i mean at the current like previously i stated before savers and losers right so when you look at it now and just the state of the economy like i myself i trade forex so i trade at i trade currencies i'm looking at you know, economic news every day, looking at prices of various currencies. I like to trade USD backed currencies. So like the euro versus the dollar, GBP versus the dollar, um, 
the Japanese yen versus the dollar, things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, you just see what's going on, like hella debts. There's the global slowdown, things like that. I mean, we're, we're at the end of a, you know, uh, almost like a, almost a decade, you know, 10 years of a bull run of the market as far <laughs> as since the, uh, you know, 2008 uh, recession. Mm-hmm. And what you really, when you look at it deeper than that, you look at since then, the wealth and income gap has exploded. And people don't understand why, you know what I'm saying? And so when you look at it, the real the real reason for that is because when things like that happen, assets get inflated. Mm-hmm. So if you were somebody like Warren Buffett or somebody that had uh so running it bringing it back, okay, so say um when the markets crashed, right? Mm-hmm. People were afraid were if afraid to invest. But if they would have invested when things were hella low, I mean, this is how the money, this is how money goes. So the money will never, so when Wall Street lost people's money, the money will never go to the people. The money mm-hmm. will go back to Wall Street or institutions that employ the people or, you know, sell things to the people or the working class, which basically means assets. So if you had hella stocks, had hella gold, hella property, hella things like that that are actual assets, the central bank and banks would lend you money. So that pushed stock markets up, housing prices up, things like that. But to the average person, they just they just make a living off of wages. So yeah. they miss they missed that whole this whole bull run, this whole, you know, just wealth shift in a sense. Yeah. And like when it comes to stocks, now everybody wants to get in. Like, oh yeah, download Robinhood. Oh, download uh, Acorns. Yeah, invest now. <laughs> but it's like we had the. T- if it was a roller coaster, we're at the top. Yeah, it's kind of backwards. It yeah. is backwards in a sense. And like they're really like selling it. They really like pushing it when the smart money has already gotten out. Exactly. And the smart exactly. money is actually getting into crypto. And that's where we're headed to now. That that roller coaster is about to uh the, the guy saying strap up. <laughs> we, we about to we about to head up the uh the incline slowly. So um yeah, I mean I, both systems are of high complexity and I know that we we gave like a, a brief overview of things and went in depth in certain areas but uh the un- the honest truth of things is both systems are complex uh both systems have a great use case but going forward in our society i do feel that the crypto market not only will be a better use case will be but will be a lot more efficient and a lot more fair for everybody not just the rich the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor, but for everybody, it would be like a nice balance uh, as far as like how the economy goes. So those were kind of our points. I mean, you got anything else to say? <laughs> yeah, I can't even. Yeah, I can't even count, bro. I got like, I got a couple more. <laughs> All right. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. What you got? Um, shit. Okay. So. Uh, all right. So I guess at the same time, you know, somebody might say, well, what makes crypto money? What makes <laughs> it valuable? <laughs> yeah. 
And then, you know, you break down like the theory of money, right? So lend people money that doesn't exist, i.e. credit, right? And you charge them interest on it. And if you don't pay the money back plus interest, then you can take their real wealth, their real assets, right? So it's like uh, people are throwing you, basically like people are throwing uh, gold over the fence just to get thrown back paper money. Yeah. And so that's basically what, you know, lending, like people will lose their assets such as land, homes, cars, businesses, you know, et cetera. Based off of basically, you know, predatory lending. And then money comes in a circulation by private banks, i.e. the Federal Reserve, Mm -hmm. issuing credit to governments, which is fake money. Like it's money that doesn't exist. It's money that is on a computer. So Mm -hmm. when we think of printing money, money isn't actually like there is no printing machine. It's just like zeros and ones on computers that are being sent to banks, your account, governments, things like that. So money technically is already digital. Yeah. So there's more, you know, there's there's more electronic money than there is physical money in circulation. So with that, it's like there's never going to be enough money in circulation to pay back the current debts, let alone the interest on the debt. Because the money never physically existed in the first place. Mm-hmm. So to, it's almost like to, to really, everybody wants a fresh start. There's hella people in like hella debt. There's, there's no way out of the debt. And that's kind of part of the plan of the debt. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So it's like crypto would almost be like a reset. Full reset. A full reset. Yeah. And some people are going to miss that as well because they're not, yeah. you know, not up on it. They don't, you know, they don't know any of this. And like a cashless society going off of like 5G, our, our previous episode, is really just like the next step. You know what I'm saying? Like bank branches are shutting down around the country. Mm-hmm. You have countries like Sweden that are almost completely cashless. Yeah. And, you know, um, why i guess you know they're you know why would they just go cashless also in the sense that like that would be hella control because say if you're from uh so shit i'm from jackson i'm from jacksonville duval so when i moved to like south florida but i had the same you know card yeah sometimes my shit would get declined you know what i'm saying because like oh wait what you're down here blah 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 yeah but I always had the alternative to pay with cash. Uh-huh. But if it's like a cashless system and, you know, uh, a governing body declines your card or your payment system and there's no cash, you're kind of yeah, stuck. Yeah, luck. Yeah. But, you know, same with crypto also, since it's peer-to-peer, you can just trade with, you know, you can just barter or, like, you know, send or make a transaction with, like, your neighbor or just, you know, somebody else outside of, like, the middleman of a bank, mm-hmm. which also, you know, is a key to decentralization as well, peer to peer. Yeah. And then um, also just going off of, you know, what are the characteristics of money in itself? So it's like a list. <laughs> you can Google the shit as well. But <laughs> yeah. It's like a list of like 12 things. 
So the first thing is dur- is durable, can withstand, you know, hurricanes, can resist, uh, can rest at the bottom of an ocean for a thousand years without losing value, uh, such as gold. Gold won't rust or degrade. Um, money has to be divisible, um, can, re- you know, basically reduce into smaller bits. By reducing a currency into smaller bits, it makes it readily transactable. Metals such as platinum aren't are not so strong when it comes down to this feature as it endures, you know, mega melting temperatures can be expensive when compared to gold and silver. Mm-hmm. Fungible uniformity in terms of grade or quality control. For instance, a a 999.9% pure piece of gold or silver will always sustain that purity. Mm-hmm. Let's say real estate or tobacco, for instance, can often fluctuate in value due to quality control issues. You know, different types, grades, and, you know, much more. Yeah. Then you got convenient portability. The currency needs to be portable and exchangeable with those who you do business with. Five, acceptability. The currency must always hold its own value and others must understand that value and be willing to accept it as a method of payment. Six, counterfeit resistant. That's a major. The currency must always hold its... Oh, my dumb ass. <laughs> <laughs> if a currency is easy to copy, it can rapidly become worthless. So with crypto, just having a finite, finite amount and being hard to counterfeit, you know, people can make counterfeit, you know, people counterfeit $50 bills, mm-hmm. paper money all the time. You feel me? Um, seven, limited in quantity. A currency which holds its utmost value is indeed one of quality and limited quantity. Paper money, which has no limited quantity, will forever be diluted until it reaches its intrinsic value, which is zero. Eight, you feel me? Uh, a long history of uh, the use of money, 5,000 years as money equals gold. You know, basically just a long history of being used as money. So gold and silver. Um, nine, anomaly. Nobody can see how much you have. Nobody has control over where you place it. Ten, low storage costs and low transaction costs. Often there will be a storage cost when using gold for business, transactional purchases. However, there is uh, there's a digital currency which ticks this box which is like bitcoin xrp mm-hmm. um no third-party risks holding bonds or a currency from a company or government opens you up to a third-party risk as you are not in control of that supply so if i have a stock i really don't have a stock you feel me i trust that my broker or whoever is holding it for me Mm-hmm. Or if you have like an ETF of gold, if you don't have physical gold, you just trust that, you know, this third party is keeping it in control. Mm-hmm. And even with crypto, you know, like if you don't have a ledger or your own personal wallet and you just use Coinbase or different exchanges, they could get hacked. Yeah. I'm saying so if you don't have your your crypto in your control, you kind of like miss the point of it in a sense as well. Like one of its. Uh, one of his major features. Yeah. And 12 and finally, um, resistance to fractional reserve banking. Basically, which is the, the biggest theft in the world <laughs> up to date. 
<laughs> in a sense <laughs> of just you know uh the banking system being responsible for poverty death illegal wars starvation tyranny inflation you know what i'm saying the structure of the middle class you know all that shit you know yeah it's on so with crypto being a currency that is resistant to that itself uh is a is a blessing you know what i'm saying just for people to be able to um not get you know finessed exactly exactly after a whole generational wave of being finessed i mean this crypt crypto once I, i'm a believer it's going to drop so I, i'm gonna be positive and optimistic once it gets integrated I, there's going to be such a a a change in 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 wealth like the the people who are investing now in the down phase and 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 kind of riding it out right now with the extreme volatility and not the set price i i feel like are going to be the winners in the next upcoming years because um like lap mentioned before all all of the all of the pro pros that go with the the currency compared to the traditional system right now i think it's just inevitable and um for for the process of crypto just to integrate so all all those all those points are great and and is is there anything else you have to say oh (laughs) i know i know you got a whole book over there boy (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh also with that it's like the the shift is going to be huge yeah also you know what's going to enact the shift is going to be as big or bigger as well you know what i mean because it's like to get people to well one it's like okay just to get people to just switch from a whole new thing you know what i'm saying people don't like change they don't like change at all and then also it's like the the social uproar of it all as well oh yeah it's like i mean because at the same time it's like i mean most people have a direct deposit uh-huh Anyway, so it's just, you know, numbers, do, 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 you know, I work 40 hours, 80 hours, get, you know, you know, numbers in my bank account digitally, la, la, la. But it's like, say somebody just tells you that the shit ain't worth anything anymore. A lot of people going to be hot. (laughs) You know what? You look at, you look at your, you know, your 401k or something like that and you can't even spend the shit no more. You can't even spend it. The older generation are going to be confused and it. It, if if done in a abrupt way like that is going to cause a lot of turmoil. But you know, just like the government's done with pretty much everything else, I think it's going to be, you know, slowly, just slowly integrated, just little signs here and there, and people who are aware of those signs will take heed and stuff. But man, it's it, it's all for the better though, just because of the equal playing field. There. there once the once once it transitions to crypto, there won't be these huge juggernauts that are just hoarding money or like just one institution that's controlling a whole ent- a whole entire economy um, based off like different rates and stuff like that, being able to print money and cause infl- in, uh, inflation um, because there's a finite there's a finite point that goes with uh, that that's tailored to the crypto market so those those things are just like i said i i just think it's inevitable until uh for for that process to to come in yeah i mean if you look at the uh the imf the uh international uh 
Mutual or International Monetary Fund. Yeah. Their whole thing is talking about, um, you know, a level playing field and just getting, you know, they call it like the digital age. They're mm-hmm. talking about like fintech and cross-border payments and things like that. Yeah. So they, technically, they just talk about crypto all day in a sense. Yeah. It could what they that. want for the future. Exactly. And crypto will some it 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 will lead to globalization. Right. It'll lead to globalization because everybody's using the same uh currency and that currency that the it, it creates like a world economy. And I know we hear the world of glo- globalization and we think Illuminati, the new world order. This is what this is what they've been implementing from the beginning. But uh, just just being realistic and having a, a rational lens, if you take advantage of the, uh, the change, yeah, you take advantage of the opportunity, you can gain financial freedom and be ahead of the curve. So it's literally what a time to be alive right now. <laughs> literally. <laughs> My final and last point. <laughs> you know, my shit probably been like on. If you if you're still listening, I fuck with you heavy. Like, I'm sounding like a pastor right now. Just yeah. <laughs> Sunday eight, Sunday morning. The boy still preaching for two hours. People right, getting oh, hot. Right. I'm gonna let you go right now. I'm gonna let you. <laughs> Song leader, come up. <laughs> Just one more minute. Uh, so shit for anybody that watches uh, Rick and Morty. Um, I got like two episodes that kind of highlight, you know, that I feel like that adds some value to this whole episode as well. Um, season three, episode one is called uh, Rick Shank Redemption. Basically, uh, Rick and Morty like crash the galactic currency to zero. <laughs> and everybody goes crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like the government had no more control. Uh, the Federation basically just collapsed just off of that. Um, people were just fighting over like pants. Nobody wanted to do anything. They're just like, "Wait, why am I telling them what to do? I tell you what to do if you like." They're just, you know, yeah. all these little simple things that that we kind of take for granted. It's like, would you really be yelling at you know other people, or you really be taking this disrespect if nobody was paying you to do it? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, basically. And then another episode is, uh, sheesh. Did I skip it? Oh, bet. Another episode was season two, episode six. Uh, the Ricks must be crazy. So basically, Rick's car stops working. Mm-hmm. The battery contains a mini universe mm-hmm. where he's stealing the electricity from. <laughs> so he basically created an economy <laughs> on another like universe to yeah. Battery, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like the whole message of that, he kept saying, like, <laughs> basically, it was just slavery with extra steps, yeah. So, um, for his own personal gain, bribing a mini universe with promises of like alien technology, he like uh-huh. come back, act like an alien, and visit them, <laughs> yeah, just to make sure they were just like you know doing what he was Keep doing, it, yeah. And then, so basically, he found out that like from this one mini universe. It repeated three times. Mm-hmm. So like somebody from that mini universe did the same thing to another universe, and then did it to another universe. Mm. And so basically, um, it was basically just like a planet of slaves to fuel a car battery mm-hmm. that they did unknowingly. 
<clears throat> and like one of the little dialogues was just like, they won't be slaves. They'll work for each other and pay each other money. <laughs> that is crazy. So that's, that's crazy. How they, that's how they would justify it. They'd be like, what? It's not slavery. And then once they said that, they would be like, yo, that sounds like slavery with extra yeah. steps. Yeah, with extra steps. Yeah. Which is currently what's going on right now, if you didn't get that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, shit. That's that. I got. I got to see that series. I. I. I mean that episode. I didn't see that episode. I definitely. That was. Uh. You said season two, episode six. Yes, sir. All right. I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna check that out. So that was this. I guess this like concluded our three part series. We kind of combined it uh, two parts into one. With the uh, whole monetary system in the crypto space, uh, so but that concluded our like three part series with five G, monetary and crypto. And um, tune in and see what we talk about next. I mean, I'm I I feel like we touched everything here. Uh, you think we touched everything here? I mean, damn near. Shit, you got to pay yeah, us next. I'm so, saying like, you got to pay us next. <laughs> and we're dropping too many doms. I'm saying. All right, y'all have a great one. See ya.